0: I'm struggling with um, what I think is hay fever and uh, so the the throat just dries up very, very quickly and uh, so please, uh, if you would, just bear with me with that. Who can remember last week when we spoke on uh, um, being a servant of God? Not yet, please. uh, They're just going to cheat now. (laughs) You can't trust any of them. Now, when we spoke on being a servant of God last week, who can remember the points? How many points did we make? Of the characteristics of a sermon, of a sermon. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh dear. Um, anyway, who can remember any of them? <laughs> a red one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here they are they reverenced God a servant of God remember this is when uh, God was speaking to uh, through Malachi and uh, talking about uh, the person of Levi whom he created the covenant with and he talked about the type of person that it was that he created the uh, the covenant with there were people who reverenced God there were people who had a concern for God's name They preached all of God's truth. They hated sin. They walked with God. They lived uprightly and they turned many from sin. In the uh, Ten Commandments, we find that the, the first four commandments dealt with our attitude towards God and then the second six commandments dealt with deal with our attitude towards man when uh, when Jesus was questioned by the teachers about which was the greatest of the commandments he gave a summary of those things and he said the greatest of the commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength and and he went straight from that first part of the Ten Commandments to the second and to love your neighbour as yourself. And the two go hand in hand and, and you can't do one without the other. You can't go on and love your neighbour if you don't have that love first for God and have an understanding of what that love means that we are to have for our neighbour. There was an interesting time happening where Jesus was coming to the end of his ministry, and there were certain things that were going on. Um, in your In Touch today, Ben used the verses from Matthew chapter 20. And here, the mother uh, of two of the disciples came to Jesus and said, When you come into your kingdom, when you come into your kingdom, can my two sons sit one on your left and one on your right? Now, I don't know and it doesn't tell us the context in one way whether these two boys had sort of gone to mum and and thought, mum, mum, you go and ask Jesus if we can do this or whether it was just the pride of a mother who wanted to see her two boys up there with Jesus. There was still, I believe, a, a great misunderstanding about what Jesus' kingdom was going to be like and was this Jesus, even though he'd been talking about his kingdom being a spiritual kingdom, was this mother still seeing it as Jesus rising up and making the Jewish nation once again great and he is, has he stood there around his, with his disciples around him here her two boys standing at each side of him or why she seeing it as a spiritual kingdom and in heaven having her two boys there. But do you see what's at the heart of the question? Is what the heart of so many of us is, is a pride and as we see through this next passage today we'll start to see that that, is, uh, that cannot be Pat read to us from John chapter 13 verses 1 to 17 where Jesus uh, gathered his disciples together at the time of the Passover and they uh, were gathered in a room and they sat down together and here they were going to be shocked in so many ways. In verse 1 we start off here where Jesus sought to display to his disciples the extent of his love and introduced to them an ultimate, the ultimate act of service to one another. You know, love is one of the key terms in this passage. It occurs 31 times in chapters 13 to 17 and yet it it was mentioned only six times in the previous 12 chapters. So, love became the basis to all that he was doing and saying to them, yes, it had been right from the beginning, right from the very time that he actually chose them but now was coming to the end, now was coming to the fulfilment of what he was doing, not just the choosing of them, not just the walking with them, the teaching of them. Now, they were going to see what all of that was for. Now, they were going to see And it was going to be shocking to them. But what it meant for all that had gone previous and the foundation to all of that was love. And it takes us back to loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbour as yourself. And as we saw in those characteristics of a servant last week, in our relationship with God, so what to a degree if we have all of that but we neglect what Jesus went on to also say in loving our neighbour as ourselves. Now, there's two aspects to the washing of feet. The first one was the, uh, the first one was, a step back a bit. The need for the washing of the feet is fairly obvious. A person can have their bath and, and, and so forth in the morning before they then go off to work and do their thing. And, uh, and for us, it's probably fairly easy to come home with our feet, uh, yes, hot and sweaty and so forth, but not dirty from a dust point of view. We're working in either carpeted offices or, uh, or when we, if we, even if we walk to work, we've got shoes covering our feet and the, most of the roads are, are paved and so forth, but not so in these days. In those days when Jesus walked the streets, the, uh, the sandals were worn uh, or, or, or no shoes at all in some cases, but sandals were worn and the person would go off to walk and they would work and they would walk the dusty streets and when they would come home or if they were invited to another person's place. The servant of the house, and the interesting thing is as I read uh, some different commentaries and one rabbi really pointed out the fact that it would not have been a Jewish slave that would have acted in this way. It would only be Gentile slaves who had actually been given the job to wash the feet of the master or of the guests of the master. So, that's how lowly a task it was that it couldn't even be a Jewish slave in their culture that could be given that job. But there was also the other side and and this was also a service but there was an intimacy to it also where the wife of the master, of the house would, to, would, would wash the feet of her husband as a service, but also there was an intimacy to it. The children, remember this, uh, Charlotte, the children of the household would wash the feet of their father as he came home and getting ready for the evening meal. That, uh, that they would slip his, sit him down in the Jason recliner and just lift the feet forward and take and, and to wash his, his feet but also the, uh, the disciples of particular rabbis as those disciples uh, would, um, uh, would be taught by their rabbi and they would gather at uh, various venues they also would wash the feet of their master in a, an act of intimate servitude so there was the two sides of it but all of us at all of those times at any time we were still an act of service but in this context in this context here Jesus in gathering with his disciples before the meal had gathered and as you know they would not sit around on tables and chairs as we did but would lounge around the table he came and he took his outer garment off and he laid it down and underneath he would have had a tunic on and he took a towel and he wrapped it around his waist or tucked it in depending on how you see the translation and he took a bowl and he put water into it and I wonder what they were thinking at the time. You know right throughout Jesus' teaching time of teaching he spoke many times in parables to get through to the people the uh to his disciples or or to others a a particular um uh emphasis that he was trying to make a a particular teaching he would teach it in such a way that that may shock or may have people think in a different right way rather than just say laurie this week i want you to." Or, you know, Steve, there's there's aspects in our lives that we may do, we, we may uh, um, be doing things in a certain way, but we need to rethink those things. He would tell a story about life that had a heavenly meaning, and it started people thinking. But he'd done that many times. On this occasion. You know, it was coming to the end of his life on earth and he could see in these men that there were things that were still not right. Here he was going to be leaving these men to be the leaders of the church that was going to take the world by storm. They were going to begin the work that he has left for them to do but he had more things for them to learn and the one thing, the one thing that he knew they still hadn't grasped was to put aside their pride and it was not easy and he knew how difficult it was for them but they were to put all things aside for their service for him and so he took this bowl and he knelt down and he took the foot of the first disciple and he started to wash. What do you think would have run through their mind at that point? Here was Jesus, the Son of God, the creator of the universe and in one of those verses that we read this morning, into whose hands the Father had placed all things. But he chose on this occasion those all things meant also the feet of his disciples covered in the dirt of the day calloused I would imagine and he took them and he washed them and he took the towel and he wiped them clean and dry before he took the next one. What do you think ran through the minds of those disciples that day as he started to do that? Well, the key verses when you start to look at this is John 5.19 says the Son and the Father work in unison and the Son can do only what the Father does. Christ's actions are a reflection of the actions of the Father. Could you imagine Father God washing your feet? God, the God of the universe washing your feet and yet you know that is exactly what he has done for us. He has washed our feet because in the plan of God for salvation He allowed himself through Christ to come to this earth in the form of a man and he allowed himself to be humiliated, to be chased even as an infant as the king of the day tried to kill him, to be brought up in such Humble circumstances instead of the greatest palace the world has ever known. And as he grew up, he was not even recognized as the Son of God. And as he walked the streets with his disciples, constantly questioned, constantly put down called a madman as he took these young men and forged them and framed them ready for a task that they would do for him. God the Father washed our feet. And here is Jesus displayed the work of the Father as he washed the feet of his disciples. Peter, it came to Peter. You know Peter, whose mouth was always ready? He said, no, you can't. I won't allow it. You're not going to. Never. He said, but Peter, but Peter. He said, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you can't be a part of what I'm doing. Oh, well then, he says without thinking once again. Oh, well, wash all of me. Let me, let me take off my, my, uh, my clothes so you can wash all of me because I want to be part of it, God. No, Peter, no. No, just your feet for the rest of you is already clean. All of you are clean except not all of you are clean. You know, Jesus that day not only took the feet of the eleven who were going to continue to follow him but he also took the feet of the one who was about to betray him and Jesus knew that the Satan had already entered into Judas's heart that day and as they sat in the room Judas was already plotting and planning and yet he went to Judas and he placed the bowl there in front of Judas and in the same gentleness in the same act of servitude in the same act of love he took Judas' feet and he placed them in the water and he washed with those hands, those same hands in which the Father had placed all things. And he took that same towel and he wiped them dry and placed them back down. Have you ever found yourself saying but Garth you don't know what that person's done to me. You don't know how I was hurt by the dealings of that person. You don't know what I've been through because of that person. I cannot forgive them i cannot serve them i cannot even look at them and yet jesus that day took the feet of the one who was going to sell him for 30 pieces of silver and it was by that betrayal that god's plan would be put into action that jesus would be stretched out on the cross in incredible pain on that rough cross as he laid there with his back torn to shreds. Not a nice, smoothly sanded cross. Probably not even a cross as smooth as this, although that's rough sawn. A rough cross. And nails that were forged, not nice, bright nails, heavy, hard nails and I wonder if Jesus washed Judas' feet that day. I wonder if the pictures were already starting to come to his mind of what was going to happen. What would have been calling in Jesus' heart as he washed those feet of Judas that day? You can still come back, you know. God's plan will be fulfilled. But Judas, you still have an opportunity to follow me. Judas, you still have an opportunity for forgiveness. Judas, you still have an opportunity through love that the Father will still accept you back. Do you think those would be the call of his heart? I'm sure they would have been. Of this heart of love that Jesus had for all of these disciples. And you know for Judas, Judas had been there from the beginning. He had seen and heard all that Jesus did. He saw the miracles that Jesus performed. He heard all of the messages that Jesus prepared and, or spoke. He would have heard all of those things including the Sermon on the Mount. His opportunities were just like all the other disciples. (coughs) And here Jesus goes on and he says to those disciples in verse 15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Here's an interesting word there, he doesn't say, do what I have done. He doesn't say, do what I have done. You know, there, there's quite a number of churches uh, around the world that have set up uh, foot washing uh, services where, where people come and wash each other's feet and sometimes it's done uh, on Monday, Thursday before uh, Easter and other, other times that uh, different churches may do it. But these sorts of things can simply become a ritual and yet we never actually cut down to what Jesus was actually trying to teach us. He didn't say, do what I have done. He said, do as I have done. And what do you think that was? I think Jesus was showing them that even when you are in rightful place of the king of the universe. It doesn't matter what place you have in society. It doesn't matter whether you might be in a very, very important position in, in, uh, in work or in a church, in community. But there's no position too great, no position too great whereby we don't serve those, all of those around us. You know, these boxes here today, I don't know who put this box together. I don't know whether this person had, has lots of money or, or actually really had to stretch over the last month to put the money together, to put this box together. but if this box was put together with the attitude that God wants us to have to share our love and and hopefully in some way through Samaritan's Purse the Gospel but that's not the primary purpose for this to be taken and given to a child in another country that has nothing then that is washing that child's feet You see, Jesus didn't want to be a ritual. He wanted to show that we, no matter what position we hold, should put ourselves at times at the lowest part and hold ourselves not up in any so-called righteous position or rightful position, but allow God to work through us in such a way that we lift up and honour those around us. Love your neighbour as yourself. You know, there's so many things that we do in life that that is a service and, and we should never stop doing them. But sometimes we become very comfortable in those service things that we do. How comfortable do you think it was for Jesus as he took those disciples' feet. Comfortable in one way as a teacher (laughs) desires to show his disciples what to do. But how comfortable was it that one part of him knowing (coughs) that what he was trying to teach them as the king of the universe, they still hadn't yet grasped. And the pride with which Peter spoke, the egotism with which he spoke was in all of them. Peter just happened to voice it. That's all. But it was in all of them, as it is in all of us. Pride gnaws away, doesn't it? And we love in so many ways to be seen in service, to be seen in service. But you see, Jesus took this group into a room and he did this to them in private. He set an example. He displayed genuine humility. Oh, I'm sorry. (coughs) He displayed genuine humility and he imitated the Father the heart of a servant was displayed beautifully through Jesus and it is Jesus' example that we are to follow and Paul did that beautifully and he was able to say to go on and follow my example as I follow him who is my saviour. At our meeting that uh, I have with uh, some of the young people here the other night we saw Joshua and we're, discuss- we're, we're uh, uh, discussing the life of Joshua and I'm sure that one of the reasons that he never ever questioned God, in all of his life he never questioned God and I'm sure one of the reasons this is because he'd seen God through Moses in his mentor, he had seen God. Yes, he saw Moses' failures He saw his trip ups and all of that but through that he saw a faithful God and he was then able to go on and trust this God that he had seen through Moses. Can people say that about us? That they have seen God through us? That they have seen a faithful God? an unfailing God, a righteous God because of the way that we serve. And there's one other thing I want to ask, I want to say is this, the Judas, I want to reiterate, had all the same opportunities that the other disciples had. He heard all that Jesus had done He'd seen all that Jesus had done. He'd been there and experienced it. Sometimes it concerns me that we can come along to church and we can be part of a community of people who love God and we love being around them and we get a sense of security about being in church. but we never come to the point of actually having that personal relationship with God ourselves. And we live in the security that others have in Christ. I want to ask you today and I want you to ask yourself the question, do I have, do I have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ That has brought me into a relationship with God the Father, that my sins are forgiven, and I know I am absolutely certain that I have a home in heaven. Or do I just enjoy being here in amongst these people? It's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Another question is do I really, really believe in that example? that Jesus gave us in washing his disciples' feet, in placing ourselves of no importance but lifting up other people as more important than ourselves, not just the comfort of the service that we enjoy but sometimes placing ourselves in positions of humiliation, of indignity, of being seen with people that we may not want to be seen with simply because we want to serve them? Do we have struggles with a relationship with a person who, who maybe have hurt us in the past and we really need to get over that? And, and Jesus' example of taking the feet of Judas and washing them with those tender hands, do we need to get over that? And be able to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us in all of those things, folks. There's a lot for us to think about in those things, and and you know we're going to finish off now, and I'm going to pray. We're going to go off to the to the picnic, (coughs) and um, and I just want to remind you that you know if you need to drop someone off, then do that. But just say you you're with. Montmorency Community Church and they'll let you in to drop people off and then go and park at the, uh, the soccer ground. <clears throat> I want to say this that I'm going to stick around up the front here and I, if you want prayer for being able to deal with any one of those things that maybe you haven't accepted Christ as your saviour and you're just enjoying being a part of this Christian community Maybe you can come and chat to me this morning or maybe there's areas of of struggle that you're having in service and struggle with um, attitudes and hurts in the past that you just need to be able to come and talk about or or just simply ask me to pray for you. I'm going to hang around up the front here and I'd love you to do that uh, before you go. Let me pray. <clears throat> Father, today it's so good to look at your word. <clears throat> it's so full of examples, so full of, uh, of difficult things that stretch us. But one thing it's full of is a display of your love for us, for all of mankind. As you desire to not only have relationship with us, but to make us more like Christ day by day. And Father, I pray that you would today prick our consciences, stretch us, bring the things to the fore that you desire to work on to make us your people. Help us today to be willing to be stretched by you, And to be put into positions that may be out of our comfort zone. That we would in fact by your Holy Spirit be made more like your son Jesus. In Jesus name we pray this and for his glory. Amen.